Now, in a kingdom very, very near. Arthur, do hurry. The passengers are boarding. Prepare yourselves. Welcome aboard. For the ultimate Disneyland thrill attraction from the imagination of Disney and George Lucas. Because now, the adventure is real. Star Tours at Disneyland. In all the universe, there is no greater thrill. Now open at Disneyland. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 530, Playing on Batu. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Han Solo to my Lando Calrissian, we have Carl LeClaire. Jason, I won this time on Batu fair and square. Yeah. Oh, and oh, buddy, don't, don't <laughs> let me down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, Jason, we are fresh back from our time at Disney World, visiting Galaxy's Edge. Excuse me, landing on the planet of Batuu, all the way out on the Galaxy's Edge. And my goodness, was this a trip and a half. It really was. I am so excited. Obviously, I got to go for the first time to Disneyland in California um, in back in January, but this is my first time getting to Galaxy's Edge out at Disney World in Orlando. And my gosh, it was just as good the second time around, made even better because I got to watch you experience it for the first time. Uh, And that was a trip and a half. So I'm super glad we got to do it. I got to say, y'all were super sweet. Um, You, JC and Jazz, and we'll talk a little bit more about our, our friends that joined us for this trip. Uh, as the episode goes on, but you guys were just so lovely about that. You're all like, you're all watching me as I'm seeing the Falcon for the first time. And it made me feel so good, but it was also like, all right, I got to experience this for me too. (laughs) Yes. um, But it was, it was great. Well, I mean, you know, I know how big of a deal the Falcon is to you, you know, and knowing that there is literally the life-size millennium Falcon right there in the central hub of Galaxy's <laughs> Edge, uh, I was like, "This, this is going to be Carl's big, big, big thing." And I just wanted to, uh, to just sort of experience that through your eyes because it's not as big of a deal to me. Uh, it's cool. It's really awesome. It's kind of surreal to see it sitting there and just imagine and just you can almost picture the fact that it could lift off at any moment. Um, you know, assuming Han was being chased by stormtroopers or something. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's not it's not as big of a deal or as impactful for me as it is for you. Um, so that's kind of the one of the big things I was really excited about. Plus, just getting to experience it all again. And uh, because it really is so immersive. It's like it's like you've left the planet. Uh, and gone somewhere else. Yeah. If it weren't for all the people walking around with Mickey ears and stuff like that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, as, as you can obviously tell from the title of the episode and what we've already been talking about, we are taking one more week away. We, are, we will be back next week to finish our musical journey with the sequel trilogy. We promise you, but we, we had to have uh, Mike Chen on as soon as we could, uh, and that was, that was the soonest date he could join us, so of course we hit pause for him. He was wonderful last week. What a privilege to have him on, talking about Brotherhood and Anakin and all these things. Um, and we will next week finish off that musical journey, but in between all of that, we had this trip planned to go to Galaxy's Edge and didn't necessarily plan on talking about it in the episode, but I think it was about like four hours into the day at Disney. I grabbed Jason and I was just like, we got to do an episode on this next week. And he was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I I didn't know, uh, you know, I know theme parks aren't exactly your thing. So I didn't know. mm. I knew you'd, you'd enjoy galaxy's edge. I didn't know how much you were going to enjoy it. So um, I didn't know if we were going to talk about it or not. And then you were just like, I got to talk about it. It's like, I have, no problems talking about <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. So uh, it's a great place. And if anybody, anybody, if you have the opportunity to go to Galaxy's Edge, you should. Uh, mm. It's especially if you're a big Star Wars fan, like I'm sure most of you who are listening to the podcast uh, are. It's an experience you won't forget. So. Yeah. And and obviously understanding that Jason and I are both, you know, very privileged, privileged to get to go there. Um, Very much understand that not everyone has the means to do this. Um, Neither Jason and I are particularly wealthy people, but we're obviously doing well enough that we could afford something like this um, and feel very fortunate for that. And that's kind of the point of doing an episode like this, whether you've been there. Uh, several times already yourself or if you've just been like oh i've always wanted to go hopefully our excitement about this will will help push you in that direction um and uh and and we'll be pulling for you that luck be with you as you buy lotto tickets in case that's the thing holding you back uh you know (laughs) it really is like you said jason it was just such an immersive experience and um and and i you know i went into it um, like you said already, like I'm not a theme park person. I've been to Disney once in my entire life, and that was back in 2015 out in Anaheim at Disneyland. Uh, we were out there for the you know Star Wars celebration, and we were all staying at Airbnb together. And and our good friend Mike Cohen was going with his wife, um, and they invited me along. So I ended up going with them for the day. I had a great time, but I didn't grow up going to theme parks. It's never been a regular part of my life. Even after this experience, like. It's it's not my favorite thing to do, um, but this was a particularly unique experience, and uh, my goodness, did I love it. I mean, the thing I think I was most excited about before we left was simply just getting to see you again and to get to see our friend yes. Jazz. So this all came about eh, – y- y'all, don't, y'all don't need to know how it came about. It doesn't matter to you. <laughs> You're listening for the Galaxy's Edge content, so that's what we're going to give you. But uh, all that to say – I was mostly just excited to go hang out with two of my closest Star Wars friends. Um, and then uh, we ended up meeting up with another friend who we hadn't seen in years, who uh, our friend JC, who we also met the same the same weekend Jason and I met 12 years ago at Star Wars Fan Days out in 2011. Um, you know, we uh, yeah. we met up with this friend of ours who lives in Orlando now. He is a and he is a Disney fiend like he is all about the theme parks. Uh, he was our tour guide the entire the entire time we were there, and he was mm-hmm. so delightful. Not only is a is he a hardcore Star Wars fan, but he is a guru of Disney. He helped us get through all the lines quickly. <laughs> he helped us 
navigate everything so expertly. Uh, really, really fortunate that JC was able to be part of this experience with us and just such a delightful, delightful person. Um, couldn't, couldn't be more thrilled to have gotten to reconnect with him. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. You know, all that said, Jason, uh, I figured it'd just be fun to talk through some of the highlights of, of our experience there. And you already alluded to mine, so I'm going to jump right into it. But it is, of course, seeing the Falcon for the first time. Um, as we kind of were walking into the park, I was like, all right, where's Batu?" And, and you know, you and JC and, and our friend Jazz, um, y'all were like, don't worry, it's coming up. It's coming up. And then you all kept like J- JC and Jazz especially like, oh, should we go try the tea kettle thing or whatever? Yeah. Um, but my goodness, when I rounded that corner and just saw a life-size Millennium Falcon just sitting there, I was like, mm-hmm. holy force. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I didn't know what I would feel. I wanted to feel something. Uh, otherwise, I would have felt like a sham. Um, but I was <laughs> – when I first saw it, I was honestly just so shocked because, again, like, I mean, I've seen the pictures a million times, you know, folks who've been there, uh, you know, all the prom- promo photos, but there's nothing like seeing it in person. You know, um, it's, it's like online dating. The pictures can look great, but it can be a totally different experience in person, um, so, <laughs> you know, but the Millennium Falcon, her, she, she photographs like very well, but she presents even better in person. <laughs> um like rounding that corner and seeing that ship standing there, I was just, I was shocked. Like I didn't have any words. And then as we walked down the steps and we're walking in front of it, I mean, I noticed, I think JC and you, like you had your phones out, like taking photos or recording me. Um, but uh, as I'm like walking up there, honestly, like I know this is going to sound really cheesy, but even though there was lots of other people around, it was almost like they just disappeared and it was just me standing in front of the Millennium Falcon. And I won't lie, like I had chills. I could feel the hair standing up on my skin and tears just came to my eyes. Like I know that sounds like a lot for looking at a life-size um, toy, but it was <laughs> a dream come true. I mean, the Millennium Falcon has been my mythical home my entire life. I mean, that ship is more than just a vehicle for me. That that ship em- embodies so much of what I love about Star Wars. It's a home among the stars. It's a place to be safe with your friends. It's a place to play. It's all of those things and more. And I was standing there looking at Han Solo's ship and I was just overcome with emotion. I mean, it was, it was a religious experience and, and I use that language intentionally, (laughs) you know? Um, I mean, I've walked into lots of beautiful churches, but have never had a reaction like I did looking at the Falcon. Um, and I think it's because it represents something more to me than stained glass or marble statues. It represents a living part of my life that has propelled me into the stars. And it was unbelievable to see it in person. Um, you know, I'm going to just shut up because words can't capture it, but suffice it to say, it blew me away. Um, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, it, it's great. And, you know, you've talked about on the podcast, you know, many times before as, as a kid, you know, w- when we've talked about playing Star Wars, there's many different ways that we play Star Wars now. We play Star Wars, you know, one way as a kid, we play it another way as we're growing up. And then even more ways, as you know, different ways as we, you know, are who we are today. Um what this does in many cases is it takes you all the way back uh, 
from where you are now in, you know, your, your everyday professional life doing, you know, what you do for work or friends or whatever. And then it just catapults you back to those earliest days where your bunk bed or, (laughs) uh, you know, something like that was the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon or the X-Wing or whatever it was that you were flying, playing with your Star Wars toys uh, and imagining yourself on some grand intergalactic adventure. And it just puts it right smack dab, real life, large as life in front of you. Uh, and, and that's a, if you're not prepared for it, that is a, an experience that can knock you on your butt. Um, and it should, I think in a way it's really, really awesome. Um, obviously, you know, the, the world of Batu that they have created at the park, uh, like I said, it's it's immersive and it it feels like Star Wars. They have these these arches and things like that that you walk through. Uh, that is sort of a transitional path from the rest of the park to Galaxy's Edge to Batu, and it really kind of does feel like you're you're walking through some sort of portal, um, and it takes you out of the real world and into Star Wars, mm. uh, and the great part about this is that, you know, obviously at the Disney parks or other theme parks, when you have the characters running around, they usually have a specific place that they go to, um, you know, where you line up and you take pictures and things like that. Uh, with Galaxy's Edge and Batu, the characters generally are just walking around. They, I mean, obviously they'll have different areas that they tend to frequent and things like that, but they kind of just explore like they're part of the world part of the universe there uh you know we we saw dinjarin uh with grogu uh on his hip uh in the little sack uh we saw ray stormtroopers kylo ren um and uh i forget her name but v, she's or vi the resistant yeah, yeah the spy uh, yeah the resistance the spy, spy. The, the the resistance yeah. spy from the novels yep um the Black Spire novels. Um, And uh, she was kind of fun to watch, you know, as she observed the, the first order uh, making their declarations of, you know, intention of, of bringing law order to, to Black Spire and and Batu. Um, But it's really great because it does feel like they've transported you into another world and you're actually there and they've got the sounds and everything like that. You, you stand there in front of the Millennium Falcon and you can hear the, the engine cycling up and, you know, the steam hissing, uh, and stuff like that. The lights are on in the cockpit and, you know, twinkling across the different panels and things like that. Uh, you know, it, it feels alive. You can almost hear mm. the Falcon breathing, uh, as it sits there, uh, in front of you. Um, it's it's just spectacular and it, again if you haven't had the opportunity to to go um if you if you you know by hook by crook by the force or by luck you're able to make <laughs> it there uh i highly encourage you to do it uh because it really is just uh you know it transports you into that galaxy far far away um 
a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away as Hu Yang has quoted mm-hmm. uh, nowadays. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, to your point, Jason, about it, it's, it's level of um, immersing you in that world. It's so true. And I remember one of the moments they were doing, you know, they do this several times throughout the day where they kind of do this little story element of the a first order officer showing up with some stormtroopers and they're making an announcement to the town about, you know, they're, they're here hunting for a resistance spy. And then Kylo shows up and as they're walking down into the crowd, I shouted something at the troopers. I don't remember what I said, but you know, something to like vilify them. And, uh, and this trooper stopped and came right up to me and I pointed at you and then you pointed right back at me, understandably, cause I did in fact yell it. Um, and like, right. For like a the briefest moment, Jason, I actually was like, oh, my God, this is actually quite intimidating. Like just this faceless yeah. trooper staring me down. And then Kylo walked right up to me, too. And I was like, I know this is all play acting, but my God, this is kind of kind of freaky. Um, and, and, oh, like, yeah. and, and in all the best ways, um, it was it was really cool. Like it really, you know, it really makes you feel like you're living on this planet and you're part of this story. Yes, uh, absolutely. They they interact with you, and uh, the stormtroopers are really kind of the best uh, to to interact with because you know they they're you know quick to respond to to people who are trying to to shout insults or uh, you know goofy things at them, and they're you know that they're quick to respond and react. Uh, what was fun is we went to Oga's cantina a couple of times to hang out and have some drinks. And they even wandered into the cantina yeah. at one point just to uh, make sure no one was causing any trouble or that there was no uh, resistance sympathizers creating any sort of plots against the first order uh, amongst all the revelers and, and drinkers there at the cantina. So um, even, even when you're like, out of the the main area of Batu, they still find a way to like work that in yeah. uh, and all that stuff. Um, I will say one of the fun things about Oka's Cantina, uh, since we're in there, mm-hmm. uh, they occasionally they'll have something happen where the the power quits on you for a minute, and the whole staff have to you know do oh hold on hold on we got to we got to get this back up and working again and uh they start pounding away at the the machinery there behind the bar and finally you gotta hit the one spot and everything kind of just sparks back up to life you know just like han hitting the dash on the falcon um so uh, you know that even the staff is you know part of the story and part of the adventure all the people who are the the cast members at disney is what they call them they all are part of the world mm-hmm. um which you know i you, we've been told that but it's one thing to be told that and it's another thing to like really kind of experience it as they as you walk around as you live you know a day on batu yeah so yeah and and like you're saying jason right they are they're they're characters they're not they're not just like park workers they they have stories. They, I mean, it's, it's like a living D and D in a way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I remember the bartender we had the first time we went to Oga's, uh, I think his name was less or does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he was super lovely, but he was telling us about the fact that why he's working at the cantina, how he owes Oga a debt. And, you know, he's just <laughs> a, a, a simple shipper type thing. Like it was just, 
it was a very involved, simple story, um, but very much in the world. Um, and at one point we did, was it, hmm? was it you or was it jazz who kept asking the cast members, uh, how long's your speeder trip to get here? To get to work. Oh, that was definitely a jazz oh. question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jazz kept, jazz kept asking, asking everybody, how, yeah. how long's your speeder trip? And, you know, sometimes it's, oh, well, you know, I live out on the outskirts and, you know, it's a couple hours both ways and that sort of thing. And uh, so it was, <laughs> it was really fun. They all had answers to that kind of question. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, and, it, you know, at one point we did bump into to Ray and, um, I don't remember what I was talking to her about. I really don't. I just know we laughed a lot because there's photos of me laughing with her, um, which made me feel like a million bucks. I don't remember what the heck we were talking about. Um, I know. I mean, I know being part of the resistance was at, at the heart of it. But but again, like going back to what you were saying, it's it's really this immersive experience that invites you to come play in the world of Star Wars. You know, like you referenced yes. earlier, Jason, like we all have many different ways of playing Star Wars. You know, and and I'm a big proponent of the fact that as we get older, it's important to figure out how to continue to play. Right. Because the way we play yes. changes. Um, but it's so important to keep playing. And I think a place like Galaxy's Edge and, and I, I really would like to go back again at some point. Only, I mean, one, because it was awesome. But secondly, because I think like after having had that experience now, the one thing I wish I had given myself over to a bit more was actually letting myself play in the world a bit more. Like I feel like I was very much there at a Disney theme park and um, I was there to just kind of have this really cool experience. And I had that, but now it's like, I want to go back and play more on Batu more specifically, like really engage these, these characters that were there. And, and I'm not like disappointed in anything that I did or didn't do this time, but it was just more of a, a window looking into like, Oh my gosh, here's something else I could do if I go back again. Um, yeah, I think that's what's just so really it's so really um, magical about that space is um, the more you the more of yourself you want to give to it, the more you're going to get out of it. Right, right. And I. Now that you've said that, I really wish I'd, I'd done that a bit more, too. I, I was there, you know, obviously kind of just to, to kind of help experience and I wanted to make sure you were having a great time. And obviously just wanted to experience some of the, the things uh, that I got to do back in January again. Um, but that is an aspect of it that I, I hadn't thought about, which is a little weird considering the fact that I, you know. You love d and <laughs> I love d and I love that kind of thing. Um, and when we when we got to talk to some of the characters a little bit, I, I kind of slipped into that a little bit. But it would have been, I think, more fun to continue to do that with the, the cast members as well. Um, I, well we'll just have to I go for, back. I don't remember. Yeah, we're just going to have to go back, Carl, and you're going to have to wear that vest, and I'm going to have to wear something that's uh, vaguely uh, Star Wars-ish as well. Um, <laughs> I don't th- and, and we're just going to have to go around and you know create our own sort of characters and interact with everybody that way. Yeah. Um, you had a long conversation with one of the uh, the characters, if you will, inside uh, Doc Ondar's store. I sure did. Uh, yeah, she was seemed like she was really excited to tell you about all sorts of things, and uh, there was there was a lot of cool stuff. And first of all, Doc Ondar's 
magical place of retail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also kept calling it Doc Ock's places all week. So in my mind, it's just uh, the villain from Spider-Man. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I could never remember it. Doc. O- it's Doc Ondor, right? Or, yeah, Doc Ondar. Yeah, I, Ondar. I kept calling it Doc Ox. Um, but whatever. I knew I was wrong. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was probably my favorite like location on Batu. I, I mean, beyond besides just standing in front of the Falcon. Uh, but this, of course, is right around the corner from the Falcon as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, Doc Ondar's is so cool. I mean, he's kind of this galactic collector, and he has all of these. And it's most specifically like force stuff. Like he's got all this, these Jedi holocrons and Sith holocrons and lightsabers. And, but beyond that, like, I mean, there's a full life-sized stuffed Wampa. There is a Tauntaun head. There's an Accolade. I mean, there's all these Star Wars speed. There's a baby Sarlacc floating in a tank. Like it's awesome. (laughs) Um, It's like a terrarium (laughs) with a young Sarlacc in it. Um, there was just so much cool stuff in there. And yeah, like you said, there was one of the the characters um, I was chatting with, with her about uh, Kanan's lightsaber. Cause I knew it was coming to the shop soon, but it's, it's not out yet. Uh, but we were talking about that and she was just telling me, she was, she was like, all right, come stand over here and look up and tell me if you can find the hidden Falcon. Cause there was like a millennium Falcon somewhere up in the upper level. She had to give me a lot of hints. I suck at puzzles. Um, <laughs> But uh, so that's what we were talking about for the longest time is her just helping me figure out a very simple puzzle. Um, but uh, it yeah, took me, I wasn't able to find it until she kind of pointed out where it was, too. And then I, you know, I, I finally located it. It was cool. It was um, very cool. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there's a million other things like that in there. You know what I mean? Um, I, I took a picture of uh, a golden Jar Jar Binks head, um, you know, that, in there. that was in a chest. Uh, so you know, cool. oh man, I, I, I just wish I missed doing it this time, but I wish I'd gotten a picture of Doc Ondar himself. He's a yeah, Thorian. Right. I don't know why uh, the heck I didn't take one either. <laughs> yeah. And he's like behind the counter, you know, in this little area where he's just cataloging, cataloging different pieces that have come in for the collection. And you can hear him grumbling and mumbling to himself in his language you know as he goes about his work uh is a you know it's a uh, animatronic that's you know moving around and doing different things um so it, it's really cool to kind of have him right there uh and every time you know the the cast members you know talk about doc ock a lot of times they'll point him out and stuff like that so you know they Doc Ock. Doc Ondar. <laughs> now you got me doing it too, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I almost walked out of there with a holocron. Almost. Um, and then he forgot was, he was supposed to, know, he had to pay for it, so he, t- he put it back. I'm right, kidding. right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there was so much cool stuff in there. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. That was such a cool place. Um, well, Jason, let's. Uh, what were what were some of your favorite things about Galaxy's Edge? Well, uh, I'm always a big fan of some of the rides and stuff like that. Um, obviously, there's there's two major rides at Galaxy's Edge. You've got Rise of the Resistance, and you've got Smuggler's Run. Um, going in, just from my experience back in January, I preferred. Rise of the Resistance. Hmm. Now it's kind of a toss-up because we had entirely too much fun <laughs> on Smuggler's Run, uh, which we did um, 
how many four times Carl? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. No. They. The, I mean, both of those rides were incredible and in in very different ways. Um, yes. Uh, Smuggler's Run is certainly a quicker experience um, than mm-hmm. than Rise of the Resistance. Um, but yeah, I mean, not surprisingly. Smuggler's Run was my favorite ride because I got to fly the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Nothing's going to um, top for that those, for me. So yeah, and for for those of you who don't know, um, the the sort of story behind that ride, uh, Smuggler's Run, is uh, here on Batu. Hondo Onaka is hard at work. Uh, which, by the way, one of the best animatronics I've ever seen. I did Hondo not. Onaka. I when we the first time we walked in, I thought it was a character actor. I did not know it was animatronic. That's how good it was. Yeah, yeah, it's that good, folks. Um, but uh, so he is borrowing the Millennium Falcon for a mission uh, to to steal some coaxium, and uh, basically, it's uh, stuff that the Resistance needs. And he's uh, helping to get it. Uh, you just have to fly the Falcon for him. He gets the profits. The resistance gets the supplies. And that's how it all works. Um, so basically, you're free labor for him, which is the best uh, for him, uh, you know. Um, but uh, Jason, so you get to go. Or, uh, yes. Hondo, stop being so insolent. Insolent? <laughs> we are pirates. We don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh god i love hondo he's so good such a good character but um so you go into the falcon and uh there's two people who are pilots there's two people who are gunners and there's two people who are engineers and that's how you fly the falcon and actually what you do in the cockpit uh affects what happens in the ride yeah um you are very much in control. Yes, which is really cool. And so you have to try and chase down this train and navigate through a bunch of things, shoot down TIE fighters um, and and all that fun stuff as you try to steal the coaxium. And uh, then at the end of it, um, depending on how much damage you took, uh, you get a certain score. Um, and uh, we... Let's just say there were... More than a few runs where we didn't do so hot, Carl. We we really beat up the Millennium yeah, Falcon. And you want to know when the worst of the runs were? Every time I was flying. <laughs> I because Carl was <laughs> oh, here's the reason. Carl was just like too engrossed to the fact that he was in the Falcon and watching what was going on. Um You're very kind, Jason. So, I was trying my best. That was my best. <laughs> <laughs> But you're, I mean, you're not wrong. It, I was also very much enjoying it and also trying really hard to do well. Um, <laughs> the one thing I will say, and I, I feel like this would be very difficult to do. I think the one thing that would be really cool if they could figure out how to do it for the ride. I mean, I would say like, in my honest opinion, like flying it is awesome, but the other parts are a little less fun because you're just pressing buttons, um, mm-hmm. like as a gunner or as an engineer. Um, but man, think how cool it would be though. If as the gunner, you got to like climb up or down into the turret and like sit behind that gun turret, that'd be sick. (laughs) Um, that would be pretty awesome. But all that to say, I get why they did it the way they did. And I get why they added the two extra seats, right? You want to have more people in there at a time. 
And the thing that just like blew me away, Jason, and I, and I, I got to give credit primarily where it's due is to our friend Jazz. And Jazz has been on the show several times over the years. We met Jazz also at our first Star Wars fan days. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so he's been part of our life as long as we've been doing this show. Uh, Jazz lives in Norway, so I haven't seen Jazz in years. And that's why when he said he was coming over to do one of the last Halcyon rides on the Star Cruiser and he was going to be hanging out in Orlando for two more weeks, I said to Jason, I was like, we got to go down and see him. We haven't seen Jazz in years. Um, But Jazz is one of the most – like you and Jazz both are my two favorite people to do Star Wars with because you both are just such joyful people that just dive right into the fun that is Star Wars. Um, And I think – I think that's me at my best Star Wars self. I mean, I certainly have like my shadow Star Wars self where I like to whine and complain. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the thing that like I love about you two is there's there's just this unbridled joy that you get wrapped up in. And and case in point of that is when we were doing all of the rides, not even just the Smuggler's Run or Rise of the Resistance, every, every single thing we did that that day. Um, Jazz just like he screams and he yells and he shouts and I'm not normally the type to do that sort of stuff, but man, I just dove right into. I'm screaming, I'm yelling. You're screaming, you're yelling. Oh yeah, our friend JC is screaming, he's yelling. I mean, it was like jazz. Jazz's energy is infectious. It really uh, is, in the best way possible. Um, which is part of why jazz doesn't know a stranger. Um, right. Jazz makes friends with everybody, which I mean, that's how we met him. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. If you have been to a Star Wars celebration, there's a good chance you've at least seen Jazz or run across him and maybe, you know, maybe even exchanged a few words and met him at some point. Um, He wears a lot of very uh, unique clothing, usually made out of Star Wars bedsheets. He wore uh, Star Wars later hosen at one time. I know he had an entire... Uh, outfit that was made out of Star Wars bed sheets that was like a you know a button up shirt and shorts yep. Yep. Uh, at one point you know and he's loud and always laughing yep um he's tall and he's covered in Star Wars tattoos you can't miss yep him. Uh, you can't miss him so you probably guy. know who Jazz is if you've been to more than one Star Wars celebration yep um, I mean, he's in the five oh first like he's he's very yeah. involved um but yeah you know that was the thing. Getting to do this with all of you, you know, it really added to the experience. Like when we were every yes. single time we were doing Smuggler's Run, we're screaming, we're shouting, we're hollering, we're, we're encouraging each other. Like it oh, yeah. was awesome. Like I felt like I was actually flying the Falcon trying to steal some coaxium. Like yeah. it was awesome. Uh, and the same thing, I mean, you know, like, like like how Han and Lando and Chewie are all yelling at each other and the Falcon and Solo, you know, it was like that except more um, yeah <laughs> we were quite loud the last one we we, the last run we did uh there was a there was a couple that was with us and we felt a little bad because they got stuck doing the engineer slot and they were there on their honeymoon or not honeymoon but they were there like celebrating their 15th wedding anniversary um and they, they were very sweet guys but we they like as soon as they found because they were just the two of them there was four of us they're like Oh, you know, you're going to be the engineers. And they're like, oh, nuts. And I, I almost because we saw that it, they were there on their anniversary. So I was about to offer up my spot as a gunner. But then they mentioned how they'd done it several times. I'm like, screw that. This is my first time. <laughs> so like, right. I want to do all the things. Um, and they were very lovely about it. But I think they were really taken aback by our energy <laughs> Yes, uh, 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 on that trip. Um, but yeah, it was 
it was just so, so much fun. And then, you know, and then rise of the resistance was also a great ride. Oh. And, um, what you did such a great job setting up what smugglers run was in, as a story. Why don't you do that for rise of the resistance? Yeah. Rise of the resistance. And I will say, you know, smugglers run was just a ton of fun and it's probably just because, you know, the, the group of people that I was with and, you know, we, our group made everything that we did incredible. So if you're going to go to galaxy's edge, make sure you're going with a group of people that are into it as much as you are. If you, if you have the opportunity to do mm. so, make sure you're going with a group of people who are into it as much as you are, are willing to play uh, and just kind of dive into all of the fun. Um, because that's really, in my opinion, the best way to experience all this. Now, Rise of the Resistance. Um, the idea is, uh, I don't know exactly when it's placed, probably uh, right takes, before. It takes place uh, after Episode 8. Last, yeah. Yeah, right after right after Last Jedi. Um, you are you receive word that you're, you're moving to a, a new secret base, um, for the resistance and uh, Ray has given you the coordinates and uh, you're on the transport shuttle, uh, which is uh, um, Lieutenant Beck is the Mon Calamari's name. Who's voiced by James Arnold Taylor, uh, which uh, was super fun. Um, but he's the one who's sort of in charge of your group and you're on the transport, but the transport gets captured by the first order as it does. Now, the cool thing is not only do you meet Ray, um, she gives you the mission at the beginning. You know, there's a very good hologram of Daisy Ridley mm. um, at the beginning of the, you know, sort of set up the ride. Um, Oscar Isaacs is Poe Dameron and he's flying starfighter escort. So you get to see him uh, on the screens as they're, you know, trying to fight off the ties and he leaves to go get help as you're being tractor beamed aboard Kylo Ren's impu- uh, first order star destroyer. And then your tra- your transport. You've you've walked out of the briefing room. You step out onto the transport, which is in its own like hidden hangar, and you see Poe Dameron's X-wing getting ready to take off and escort you um, as you walk onto this ship. Well, by the time you get off the ship, the ship has moved. Um, it the doors the same doors that you walked into open, and you're no longer. Uh, at the resistance base, you are on a first order star destroyer. And when I say you're on the star destroyer, you walk off and there's just a line of stormtroopers standing guard. You can see out into space. There's mm-hmm. tie fighters flying out there. It's big. There's tie fighters, you know, in their sockets on the walls. Um, it's huge. It echoes. Uh, Jazz yeah. tested that for us. Yes, um, he did. <laughs> it, it echoes quite a bit. And you feel like the, the airflow of this giant cavernous, empty, sterilized space. And you're marched through the hallways to the detention level of the First Order Star Destroyer, where you're sorted into uh, the different rooms uh, by your groups and things like that, and you're shut up. Well, and then you're interrogated briefly by uh, General Hux and Kylo Ren before the resistance shows up to try to uh, rescue you. So they get distracted. And Carl, you're trapped in this room. And you're like, what's happening? You can hear noises. You're kind of just left going, where did they go? Because all of the First Order people are gone. And you're just trapped in this room. And then a portion of the wall 
um, starts glowing and it pulls uh, uh, out. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe we don't want to say anymore in case you've never been. <laughs> don't right. want to spoil the adventure. The resistance shows up to help. We're just going to leave it at that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and you, uh, then, then the rest of it is just a madcap escape through the Star Destroyer uh, as you make your way back to Batu uh, without uh, giving up the location of the new Resistance base. Yes. So, and you know, and during that like kind of chase through the Star Destroyer, um, I mean the the intricacies of the sets, like you feel like you're on a movie set. Um, yeah, you know, with how good everything looks and, and it's super fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. And I remember people saying to me after they'd done it, they're like, and, and even in our group, none of us are particularly like huge sequel trilogy fans. Again, it's not like we hate the sequel trilogy. Um, but we just prefer the other two. Typically. Um, so we're like, yeah, okay. Rise of the resistance, whatever. And I, I knew that from several friends who've done the ride in the past. who were like, yeah, I don't really care about the sequels, but man, was that ride awesome. And they're a hundred percent right. Like, I mean, for being solely centered in the sequels, it was so much fun. Um, and, and it works really well and seeing Kylo Ren in person and general Hux in person, like it's intimidating in all the best ways. Um, yeah. And I really, really loved it. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, and, and you, we got to wrap by saying, though, like, I think our favorite ride as a collective for the day was certainly Star Tours. Um, <laughs> we did that quite a bit. The, the first like time we did four it four times, we did it four times. The first time we did it, we came out and we were like, let's just get back in line. And we did. <laughs> um, yep. And then we went two more times as the day wore on. And I had only ever done Star Tours twice in my life. Again, like I went to Disney in 2015 in, in, in Anaheim. And I was told by everybody, you know, oh, you never get the same planets twice. I went two times when I was in Anaheim and I got the exact same planets in, in a row. And everybody was like, that never happens. So I was really anxious going into this. But four trips, we got eight different planets. Um, it was yep. awesome. And my favorite one, which which was the one I was really hoping to get, was Naboo. Um, yeah. I loved going to Naboo. You got, uh, oh my gosh, like you get to go down into Auto Gunga, uh, and then you like end up in the Theed Hangar. Um, it was so much fun, and it felt like I was really in Naboo. It was so cool. Right. And and then for Tatooine, we just show up in the middle of the Boonta Eve Classic. We're in the pod race. And it looks like you're in the pod race. Like it was so right. freaking cool. Yeah, you've got the pod zipping in and out around you and all that fun stuff. And uh you're you have to turn on your side to go through the 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 narrow part of the canyon like everyone else does, you know. Uh, it's, it's absolutely crazy. You know, Sebulba tries to, uh, throw a wrench at you, um, and it just sort of bounces off your windshield. Um, it was, it was great. Uh, we won the race, by the way. Um, yep. Thanks. And then, <laughs> yep. yep. And then, uh, we, we took off to Naboo. The great part about that is that was, was probably my favorite trip was because we got Tatooine and then Naboo back to back like that. Um, and my favorite part about Naboo is obviously there's a lot of really cool stuff as you're, you know, going through the various areas of Naboo, but you do end up crash landing into the Theed hangar where they're doing repairs 
on some Naboo starfighters and stuff like that. You know, they've, they've got pit droids out working and you, you're sliding across the hangar floor and you come to a stop uh, with the tail of one of the starfighters crashing through your windscreen. Um, and with the 3D glasses that they've got you wearing and everything, it really feels like the tail of that starfighter almost, you know, hits you. Um, it, it feels yeah. like it's hanging there, like right in the ship with you. And the pit droid on the end of the starfighter falls into the ship on the other side of the wall where C-3PO is sit- sitting and flying um, this, the, the ship, um, the Star t- Cruiser, the Star Tours Cruiser there. Um, so it's really fun. And that's probably my favorite. Uh, again, it, like you said, that's, that's my favorite uh, planet that we get. And, and I love it so much. Um, but yeah, we rode that thing four times and we got four different, uh, unique trips, which was super awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I think, um, I mean, of the, of that smugglers run and, um, rise of the resistance, star tour still may have been my favorite. Like I loved being in the Falcon for sure, but star tours, like let me go live among several different of the star Wars planets in a, in a different kind of way too. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. Um, and that thing moves like it, it's, it's a ride. Yeah. Like it's not just like some stationary looking at like cool screens. Like it's a, it's, it's fully three, three D and uh, yeah, you just feel like you're in it and it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. And everyone, it feels like the whole group, the whole, you know, crowd, cause there's five rows of people that are squeezed into this thing. Um, and, and it felt like at least for most of our trips, the whole, the whole group of people there really got into it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and that might be partly because of jazz's infectious, you know, personality, but, um, I, you know, we were yelling, but I was also hearing everyone else yelling and shouting and, you know, having a grand old time. Uh, which really kind of ups the uh, the experience factor, you know, when everyone else is as into it as you are, um, and and it's really really fun. Uh, you know, it's not in Galaxy's Edge specifically, but it's sort of right outside it. And if you go to the one in uh, Disney World, they've got a great little uh, setup there as you go into Star Tours, which is uh, the Endor shield generator bunker. Uh, so you've got a little bit of uh, the Ewok village and an AT-AT uh, stomping through the trees uh, as it towers over you. And you actually, to go through the line, you have to walk between the legs of the AT-AT to get in there. So, yeah, which, <laughs> and you're walking in like under Bright Tree Village, you know, which yeah. is so cool. Um, and they have like the sounds of Endor just like playing over the sound system as you're walking in. It was great. Um, again, like we've been saying all along, fully immersive. For me, though, like what always takes the cake on trips like this is the ability to just be with Star Wars family, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you and Jazz and JC now uh, it, like y'all are like Star Wars family and you know, when we were the Airbnb, we were staying at had a really nice pool. We were hanging out there the first night. We were hanging out there again Saturday morning. And as we're just hanging out and obviously hanging out in the room, all we're doing is talking about Star Wars. 
Um, yes. and I, and I love that opportunity because I love talking about star Wars with all of you. Um, I love the way you think about star Wars, the way you want to talk about star Wars. Um, and it felt like so many of the conversations were really around just kind of reminiscing about the things about star Wars that really grab our attention after all these years. I know that was a mm-hmm. lot of our conversations. And then there was also like the space to kind of talk about some of the things in star Wars that have disappointed us in the last few years. And the thing that I think is important about that though, is it, it was always done in a space that was like, it wasn't about being negative for negative sake, right? Like there's a lot of people, especially on online discourse that just want to be nasty, right? Like they just want to be mean and angry. And I mean, I've never blocked so many people as I have been lately on Instagram, like the, like these absolute dickheads that just like feel like they need to go out of their way during the day just to like write a nasty comment it's like get a fucking life (laughs) like um you're so hateful um but all that to say like there are obviously things in star wars that all of us you know don't care for and you know we we had this great conversation with with mike chen last week right like you're allowed to not like things. It's, it's the way you yeah. go about it. And I think what I loved about this opportunity, and it's not like all of our conversations were, were about things that weren't working, but what I want to, the reason I want to note it though, is, is because when you're with like really good friends who love star Wars in such a, just honest and, and, and heartfelt way, it's okay to talk about the ways sometimes things from star Wars have disappointed you, but the way in which to do it is like, I felt like it was like a real, there was a real sense of like safety. I was just telling some of my closest Star Wars friends, here's the things that aren't working for me. And it really stinks that it didn't. But it's not like I hate this and this is stupid and I hate the person that created it or I hate the actor that portrayed it. Right. Like it's it's not about right. hating something. It's about being able to be honest about every experience of your Star Wars fandom. And, and there's there are things that obviously like I share on air about things I don't like. There are a lot of things I don't share on air because I I do want to keep it positive. But there are things that do really annoy me about Star Wars. Um, there's a lot of things, though, that mostly annoy me about Star Wars because of the fans. <laughs> you know, there are just so many hateful mm-hmm. fans out there these days. Um, and uh, and I just have no patience for them. It's just, to me, it's just like if I ever met one in person, I just tell them to get lost. Um, but the only way to do that online is just hit the block button. <laughs> so right, right, um, right, right. Um, yeah, like, but which, but which all is, that- it's just such a, a better a better way to to do things. Uh, it's just like, all right, I don't I don't need that kind of negativity. Go away. Um, and and I think it's a good thing. You know, obviously, you know, part of it is when we're talking about you know, here's why something doesn't work for me, and we, when we're trying to express it, especially in an in an environment where it's with people who know that you do love star Wars mm-hmm. um, and you're just expressing something like, I don't understand this, or I don't know why this didn't work for me or, or here's why this didn't work for me. It's sort of a, it gives you the freedom to kind of explore that a little bit without needing to give like a hot take on it. And sometimes not always, and not maybe not all, often, but sometimes it allows you to sort of, work through and process and then maybe get an alternative point of view mm-hmm. from someone else. It makes you, that makes it kind of click into place a little bit better, or at least maybe softens the blow that, that whatever that was uh, dealt you, you know? Um, and sometimes folks, let's just be honest. It's just about personal preference when it comes to things that we like or don't like. And it's okay to have different personal preferences than, anybody else um that's what makes us all unique is we all experience these things in different ways carl and i are just lucky that we like to express the way 
that uh, we enjoy Star Wars in a very similar fashion. Um, obviously, we both have different ways that we experience things and ways that we prefer things in Star Wars um, that can't be, you know, uh, more obvious than when we talk about Star Wars music. Um, Carl's <laughs> always picking things like Across the Stars, and I'm over here with Duel the Fates, um, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's great because it all sort of melds together in this big, happy Star Wars family. And it, it was really awesome to just have these conversations, have these experiences with you, with Jazz, with JC, uh, our, you know, friend of the show. She's been on. She listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiara yeah. from Crafting on, on Ilum. Ilum. Yeah. Uh, she she now lives out in that area. And uh, it was like, oh, you're there. I'm going to come out and, and just see you for a couple hours. You know, it, it was it was so nice, you know, for her to, to come out and, and make that that effort to come out and just say hi uh, while we were out there. Um, it, it was it was really great. And she came in costume with one of her uh, uh, cosplay friends and they were in Sith garb and with their lightsabers. And it was at night uh, yeah, when we got awesome. to go back to see the Millennium Falcon and uh, Batu at, in in the dark, which was it really is sort of the most magical time I think to experience all of that because it really, the lights and everything kind of make it pop in a way that's a little otherworldly and really kind of makes it feel a bit more uh, like you're in that you're, you're on that planet more than you're, you are, you know, visiting it here on earth still, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really great, you know, because everything else is, you know, from the other parks are kind of quieting down too. And so it's all quieter and it really feels like you're just in this little outpost on Batu. It's going back there at night. Fantastic. Um, yeah, it really was. Yeah. The we were- best way to really kind of experience the, just the environment yeah. of Black Spire. Yeah, we were talking about that before we started recording about just how cool it was to go back at night after the park was kind of officially closed. You know, um, the rides were all shut down for the night, but the lights are still on. Like you said, we it was so great meeting up with Tiara. She's so much fun. Like just like she has very similar to Star Wars energy to you and I, Jason. That she's very playful with Star Wars, um, and and I absolutely love that. I think that's true of pretty much anybody that's going to go cosplay with something that they built themselves. I mean, I think she's incredibly yeah. creative. Um, with what she's able to pull together and, and then go out there and, and be willing to take photos with complete strangers. It's, you know, there's such a vulnerability in that. And I, I have nothing but respect for folks that do that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, like it was also this opportunity to go back into the park after hours in a way, you know, there was barely anybody around the Falcon, so we could get really cool shots of it. We were all having a great time with that. Um, and like you said, Jason, it was, it was almost just like you just zoomed in on that moment and you were in star Wars. And I remember, I mean, yeah. this was actually probably only like 20 minutes in after seeing the Falcon when we were just walking around at the park and I turned to you and I could just go, Jason, we are in star Wars. <laughs> and we just high five. <laughs> like, it was, we did. It we was amazing. Did. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, just so many great things that came out of this. I mean, it was a very short trip. Uh, it, that was the one thing we were just we were talking earlier. Like, it's the only thing we wished we had more of was more time, um, right? To, to 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 enjoy time together because you know is is like I was saying, as great as Batu was, and it was great. It was equally just as fun back at the Airbnb, hanging out at the pool, talking Star Wars. And again, I just really want to hit this home one last time that there is. 
if you are fortunate enough to have a group of Star Wars friends who feel like family, I think there's something really special about that. The way you're able to talk about Star Wars. Like, I love doing this podcast with you every week, Jason. Um, and I always feel like we're just, you know, shooting the breeze about Star Wars. Um, and I am doing it with one of my best friends. Um, but there's also something just really special about being off air, being away from the camera, if yes. you will. Right. And like, and not to say that there's any, like, I love podcasting. I, I, I mean, it's geez, we've been doing it almost 12 years. Um, you know, <laughs> we certainly love doing this. And I know so do, so do all the other folks doing it, but I think there's just such a uniqueness. And when you can tune out and just dial into something just to experience it. And, and in a weird way, sorry for the tangent, but, you know, uh, we, we obviously made the decision not to talk about Ahsoka while it was airing to, you know, to be in kind of solidarity with what folks were asking from the, the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild. Um, you know, we, we wanted to be be respectful of, of what folks were asking for there. And I'll say, like, as much as I, I felt like that was the right thing to do. And also it really afforded me a, a really special opportunity to just enjoy Ahsoka in a completely different way. Like I never when I watched the episodes each week, it wasn't thinking about, all right, what do I want to talk about on the show tonight? Right. And, and I, I mean, and again, I love doing that too, but it was just like, I just got to be a star Wars fan for eight straight weeks again. Um, and, yeah. and, and it was just something really great. And that was, you know, and that was the thing, like going into the experience, like we had no, we had no inclination to come back and do an episode about this. It was just simply, we're going on this trip, but it was so darn fun that we like, I just knew I had to come back and say something. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the the thing is, is what it is, is, you know, we had this experience and we wanted to come back on here. And basically, this is our way to kind of just kind of debrief and, you know, kind of uh, with each other and experience it all over again. And kind of like really quick, have a quick rearview mirror shot as, as to everything that happened as we kind of like debrief and process everything. Because you're right. Um, it's, it's so much fun doing this podcast, uh, being able to just talk about all the different aspects of Star Wars that we're enjoying and, or whatever's coming out and that sort of thing. It's so much fun to be able to do it. And it's, it's really not, uh, sometimes it, it's work, but it's not difficult work. It's fun work. Yeah. Uh, but being able to go to someplace like a Star Wars celebration or to just go do an event, Maybe like even when you just come out, came out, you know, earlier this year to visit me and we went to freaking Grand Canyon. Uh, it's just nice to not have to have the added pressure of a microphone sitting right in front of you recording everything you're saying for whoever's going to listen to the podcast. Right. You know, um, it's nice to be able to just experience things uh, and not have to worry about that added additional, you know, it's not looming pressure, but it is a pressure uh, at, at times, especially when we, you know, as we do this every single week almost. Um, so absolutely getting able, being able to go out there and just enjoy an experience. Um, I, I'm the type of person I always get chewed out by my, my mom for not taking enough pictures because whenever I go places, I just want to experience it. And and I feel like I've worked very hard to condition myself to, to try to make sure I'm, I'm experiencing, I'm being able to take things in and experience them without the camera. Sometimes that being said, I've, I've got some great pictures from this <laughs> trip and some really awesome pictures from this trip. But you, if you go, if you give the opportunity to do a celebration 
to do a convention, to go to Galaxy's Edge, to spend time with nerdy or Star Wars friends where you're just being able to go and do something, whether maybe maybe it's a concert. Like you got to go to the John Mm -hmm. Williams uh, concert there, to the Star Wars concert not too long ago. Just be able to take some time to breathe it in and experience it without the filter of a microphone or a camera or whatever it is that you, you know, you're going there with um, because you're never, you know, the experience is never the same twice. Even if Carl and I get to go back to galaxy's edge next year, it's going to be a totally different experience because there's totally different things that are going to happen. Maybe we go with different people. Um, you know, who knows what the different factors are going to be. It's never going to be the same one twice. And it was just really awesome and really fantastic that I got to go uh, last week and experience Batu with you, with Jazz, with JC, with Tiara making a guest appearance, you know, <laughs> yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, because that day will never exist again. And there are so many wonderful, amazing, fantastic memories and experiences from that day that I am so glad I get to have and that I got to share with all of you guys. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it really was something quite special and, and, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Like you you can never replicate that again. Um, you know, and right. That's always this kind of this double-edged sword. It's like, Oh man, never again. But it's like, yeah, but next time it gets to be something new and and just as good or just not not even just as good, just different. You know, we've had so many really awesome, uh, Star Wars experiences and this really was like a pilgrimage. And, uh, you know, I, I think at this point, um, start wrapping up this conversation here, but I, I, I got it. I literally, I have, I have three students that, uh, that kind of like help facilitate the star Wars club at the college I currently work at. And they're, they're really, really lovely people. And, um, you know, I, I was telling them, I mean, they knew I was going, they were really excited to hear about it. And, uh, I sent, I sent them just one photo of, of me outside of the Falcon at night. And I was like, it was absolutely great. Can't wait to tell you all about it when I'm back on campus next week. Um, and one of them wrote back very aptly put and just said, wow, it sounds like you had a star Wars pilgrimage experience. I'm like, exactly correct. And, uh, <laughs> and we've had a few of these now, Jason, and actually like, yes. this is something actually we just want to sidebar and come back to, because, um, I think that that actually is food for its own episode in all honesty. Um, mm-hmm. but all that to say, you know, I always feel fortunate when I get to have experiences like this, um, you know, whether it's at a celebration galaxy's edge, hiking in the Northern Redwoods of return of the Jedi or going to the, you know, the Presidio in San Francisco to see Lucas Lucasfilm headquarters. You know, all of these things are an invitation into something deeper about this galaxy. We love so Mm -hmm. much. Um, But as you've said a few times, Jason, and I can't agree more is as awesome as all of these experiences are, what make them so memorable is who you share them with. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think, and, and I don't want to say that that's true for everybody because I don't – everybody has their own unique experience. But I know for me, I mean all of these things would have been awesome even if I'd been there by myself. But they wouldn't have been what they were without you there or without, in this case, Jazz and JC there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean I'm just coming back feeling so fortunate to have had this experience, not just the experience of Galaxy's Edge itself, but also the experience that I got to share with three of my closest buddies, you know, Um and 
you know, for for basically a 48 hour period, you know, th- this the 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 last couple of weeks have been really hard like uh you know something uh, something that was very 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 important in my life uh it, it went away and um and it's been a very uh, grief filled few weeks but it's being at galaxy's edge with all of you really start, started like sewing up the knots in my heart man like it was it was really a healing experience just getting to laugh and be playful with some of my closest friends and just talking Star Wars for two straight days, like it was awesome. Yeah, you know, going to bed at night with Attack of the Clones on in that in the in the Airbnb, <laughs> we're all just quoting <laughs> quoting it up. You know, like it was so good. We, there's no way that we can get through any sort of viewing of Attack of the Clones or any of the movies without just quoting through the entire thing <laughs> when you're there with a bunch of people like Jazz, yes. Carl, Jason, JC, uh, <laughs> and insert your Star Wars friend's name here. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I had also a difficult couple of weeks, very different kind of difficult than Carl did. Uh, work has just been absolutely insane. Um, things are finally starting to close down, but it was getting to go on this sort, sort of 48 hour jaunt uh, out to Orlando and, and Batu uh, to see these guys really was just like, uh, you know, a break in the storm clouds for me. Like I'd been so focused and intensely, you know, dealing with work stuff that it was just nice to kind of get that break, kind of get a clean break and start back over again. And it really did cleanse the palate, wash the, 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 you know, everything clean. And it's sort of like, you know, I've got that, uh, that sort of smell right after a rainstorm, just kind of all around me as I kind of grin through my my work day <laughs> thinking about all the the crazy goofiness that we got up to um and the amount of times i quoted newt gunray talking about that senator from naboo and is she dead yet uh, <laughs> you know uh so yes yeah um it, it it was a very timely trip i'm glad we had it you know in the books you know yeah, as early as we did but it ended up being very timely uh, for me, and it sounds like for you as well. Um, and I'm glad we really got to to do all this together. And you know, it's sort of an early celebration of 12 years of podcasting because at the yeah. end of this month, uh, it will hit that mark. Um, so, uh, Carl, I'm really glad we got to do this, and uh, and I'm just really excited I got to experience Galaxy's Edge with you. And the first time that you got to experience, I got to watch it. Um, that was almost, honestly, that was almost more important to me is to kind of experience, to have, to, to, to make sure your experience was as magical as mine was when I went back in January. Um, and, and I think it exceeded that. So, um, and that's just because of all the factors that were kind of combined this trip. Um, made yeah. it just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Right there with you. And, you know, and, and a testament to that when I got home, the, so I got home that Saturday night. Well, this past, just the other night, Sunday night, I knew I needed to watch a star Wars movie and it, it, it had to be return of the Jedi because that was the energy I came home with. Right. Is I, I got back together with the band. You know, I was with my close friends and we healed the wounds of the galaxy, a.k.a. the wounds of my heart. But like all the same, like, um, you know, 
yeah, I just I was ready to party it up in Bright Tree Village with some furry friends and and the three J's. You know, I <laughs> I was thinking about that a lot this morning. I was like, wow, Jazz, JC, and Jason, and then a Carl. But like, that's right. all right. We're all at least on the next letter in the alphabet. So, <laughs> um, anywho, yeah. but yeah. Very, very wonderful time. Like Jason said, uh, you know, if you ever get the chance to go and you've never been, can't recommend it enough. Um, if you've gone, we'd love to hear about some of your experiences there too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It was, it was such a fantastic time. Uh, Jazz, JC, if you're listening, thank you so much for, for everything that you guys did that entire trip. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and Carl, I, I want to just hug you right now because I, I just had so much, such, I, I'm feeling all warm and fuzzy, uh, just, you know, reliving our experience together here. Honestly, uh, every time I hang out with you, like this was true when I was out in July visiting you, it was true again. You know, we went to the airport together in Orlando and as we parted ways to go to our different terminals, I hugged you goodbye. And I immediately just like, I felt like Anakin and Shmi. Every time I say goodbye to you, it's like, don't look back. It's like, F that. I have to look back. I'm going to cry. (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't look back. Yeah. I can't help it. I'm going to always look back. I got, I got to see what my buddy's doing. So, um, but, uh, but anyway, yes. If you, if you have been to galaxy's edge and you want to share your experience with us, uh, feel free to reach out if you haven't been and you're you have any more questions or you're just uh, excited to share us a uh, uh, sort of sort of other experience that you've had Star Wars wise with with friends or whatever. Feel free to to get in contact with us. And Carl, where can people do that? Uh, well, we are over on Instagram at the Wampas Lair. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair or you can email us at Wampas Lair podcast at Gmail dot com. Excellent. And uh, any final thoughts before we close out this episode? I'll see you on Batu. Punch it, Chewy. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 530, playing on Batu. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Wampus Lair.